to say something like, well, I never really, you know, thought of myself as, as too bad, or I never really thought mm-hmm. of myself as, as that bad of a sinner, is, is opening the door to this spiritual depression right. because we are unaware of what justification really did. Welcome to A Word of Grace. Derek, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Pastor? Good. Doing good. Always enjoy these discussions. It's a beautiful afternoon during this time of recording. We're yes. not getting the snow that uh, the East Coast is getting. Have you seen any of that on the news? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And also, I'm thinking that it seems to be staying light a little, just a little bit longer. I noticed that, too. And um, I do kind of... I Last night, I was kind of wanting that snow like we we don't usually get those two three feet of snows Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. where you're just kind of locked down for a few days it would just kind of be a nice reset Uh in the middle of february (laughs) but um alas i think the great lakes protect us from those big snows but in, in any case glad to have you along uh those of you who are listening today um for this wednesday we look forward to uh church this evening and hope that you'll be a part of your local church uh, but we're in the middle of our discussion, actually just at the very beginning of our discussion on the book Spiritual Depression by Martin Lloyd-Jones. We began just by introducing the subject on Monday and hope that you'll be listening into each episode, especially if you're prone to spiritual depression. Very common, you know, I Absolutely. guess, in the, in, the Christian, in the Christian world. Um, these, the, this book was actually a set of sermons that Martin Lloyd-Jones preached um, in his church uh, back in the uh, 50s, and this, it just tells you how timeless truth is. I think he yes, even mentions that, doesn't he? Scripture yes. is just timeless. People in the 50s struggle with depression. People you today. probably go back to the beginning of time, yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah, and again, we're talking about <laughs> spiritual depression, yes. the idea of uh, being kind of a Christian uh-huh. who's miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, Lloyd-Jones says that's, that's wrong for uh, two reasons. First, it's sad that we should be in that position, but secondly, that it's, it's an improper testimony, right? right? What did right. you, what did you right. glean from that? I and mean, we talked about that a little bit on Monday, but yeah. as far as a, a miserable, depressed Christian is really a poor witness for Christ. Uh, you know, I think about um, what he said as far as, again, the reason why he wrote the book, he also looked at the church as a whole, the, the state of the church, and uh, by and large, there's, there's quite a few people within the body of Christ that are spiritually depressed. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's a poor testimony when uh, it is true. We can be sad from time to time, but the reality is what type of a- advertisement, If we, you know, maybe that's a bad way of putting it, uh, what would people want with Christianity when we see Christians who walk around sad-sacked all the yeah. time? You know, it's like, well, if this is what Christ has done for you, I don't want any part of it. Right, like, imagine a depressed Christian telling a telling another person who's discouraged, "Hey, I've found the secret to real joy in this life," but that person is known as being kind of a gloomy Gus, mm-hmm, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know why I said gloomy Gus. <laughs> that sounded so stupid, and I'm going to be made fun of for that. But you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's the solution. It sure certainly hasn't done much for you. Mm-hmm, that person would mm-hmm. say. Um, 
I like what uh, uh, Lloyd-Jones said about, you know, what we're supposed to do about that. I, I wrote down, uh, he says, uh, we are to take ourselves in hand. I've never heard anyone say that. He, uh, we're to exhort ourselves and then put ourselves back in a position of faith uh, and hope in God. Yeah. And we mentioned that on Monday, mm-hmm. um, this phrase that he uses that really isn't double talk. It sounds like it, where he says, we must talk to ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to talk to us. Mm. You know, it, it sounds like he's saying the same thing, but stop listening to yourself and speak truth to yourself right. is really right. a, a key thought. Um, it, interestingly, he, I don't know on what basis he makes this observation, but I would say that he's probably correct that uh, he believes that people who, are, who have grown up in a Christian environment are more prone to spiritual mm-hmm. depression than those who were brought up kind of an ir- in an irreligious way. Um, like they've always gone to worship, they've always uh, been involved in a church, their parents were God-fearing people like... Did you did you find that to be something that you agree with? Well, I, I I think I do agree with it because I think you grow up if you've grown up in a church and you've grown up uh, you know in a religious atmosphere and you've always heard about the joy of the Lord and yet you don't see that uh, displayed in many Christians, perhaps even people closest to you, then all of a sudden you find yourself uh, saying, you know, like. What's what's the use? I'm in the I'm in the hospital here, and and this is where I'm supposed to be uh, cured and healed and 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 suckered, and yet uh, the people here seem worse off than the folks outside of the institution. Yeah, yeah. It, I I kind of agree with it too, just because uh, perhaps people who weren't raised in a Christian environment. Uh, came out of a life where they really understood what it meant to be apart from right, Christ. Right. And finding Christ, mm-hmm. they have great joy. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's unfair to say either way, but it certainly is common. He wants to encourage us in this particular chapter, and this is going to be the focus of our discussion today, is that he believes that a major cause of the spiritual depression that these people who maybe have been raised in Christian homes have is that they don't understand justification. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't come out and say that they're not Christians, right. that they may be, in fact, Christians, mm-hmm. but they just haven't grasped justification, and Satan is eager to confuse us about right. justification. Mm-hmm. So we have to be clear on that. Where, mm-hmm. where, where should we start with that, or what, what kind of initial thoughts do you have regarding that? Well, Being I think the first thing we need to do is to define what justification is. Uh, justification uh, is God uh, declaring us righteous uh, while we're still sinners, in essence. You know, um, I, I don't know. I, I, no, that's it's. We did an episode on mm-hmm. this. I'm going to look it up here while we're talking. We did an episode on justification when we were talking about uh, the book uh, Redemption Accomplished and Applied. So. I was going to, as it loads here, I was going to point people back to that for, um, it's taking a minute to load here, for for help. But the idea of uh, 
Lloyd-Jones is saying here is, in, in Romans 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Well, why is it that more people don't believe that? Why, why, is it that, why is it that the gospel message is not embraced by more people? Um, he claims it's because people don't see their need right. for righteousness. I think that's uh, but accurate? I, I think that it, you could add to that the fact that the the gospel is not being properly dispensed. Uh, and I think he even talks about it in the book that uh, some of the cause is uh, the, the weak pulpit, yeah. more or less, yeah. to where maybe not even the pastor or the one who is preaching or teaching doesn't understand the concept or the doctrine of justification. And some who have compromised the gospel uh, are not teaching it properly. And so as a result of that, uh, they more or less cripple these people. Interesting that you're connecting the pulpit ministry to the lack of an understanding of justification. And I think one of the one of the things that's really lacking in the pulpit is the preaching about sin or the 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 presentation of sin in such a way where the Holy right. Spirit can convict that person mm-hmm, of sin. Like, mm-hmm. we cannot convict people of their sin. No. But we must present it in such a way where the Holy Spirit can do that convicting work. And without that convicting work, there is no potential right. for that person to truly understand right. righteousness. Right. Um, again, well, that that's just a Holy Spirit work. It's nothing know, we I'm can do. I'm thinking about the watered-down gospel that makes promises that it cannot keep also. Uh, when you tell people, as you said, they, they're light on talking about sin, judgment, hell. Those things are of necessity. They have to be discussed. Uh, and uh, Lloyd-Jones also talks about it in the book, and he, he more or less says that they have to hear the bad news before they can hear the good news and be able to appreciate the good news. You hear the fact that uh, you are uh, separated from from uh, your creator. You need to be reconciled onto him. You, your sins need to be cleansed and, and, and all of those things. And yet, if you make light of sin and hell or maybe not even talk about it at all, what, could, what can justification really even mean? Yeah, yeah. excellent point there. Um, if you are interested, it was episode number 13 where we talked about uh, justification for more of a full discussion on that. Have you ever heard, uh, he presents in this chapter the idea of the person who says that they kind of wish they had a better testimony in coming Mm -hmm. to Christ. Mm -hmm. I remember when we first introduced ourselves, you said you didn't have a gutter-to-glory story. (laughs) Max really liked that. I like that, too. Um some people upon hearing a testimony where the person was so far from Christ and they were involved in just this in some grave sin and and they had them this miraculous turning right. versus someone who grew up in the church and kind of was always a good girl or a good boy mm-hmm. and and that person will say you know that they wish they had a a, a testimony like right. that do you remember what right. Lloyd Jones right. said in the book about that particular uh, you're section have to bring it back to my yeah he list. said the problem with that person is they don't understand the nature of their own sin mm. because they have never really seen themselves as a sinner. Mm. Yeah. What okay. they're doing yeah. is they're looking at the drug dealer or mm-hmm. the murderer or the, you know, the three-time 
adulterous person mm-hmm. who is gloriously saved, the drunkard who comes in the back row and professes Christ, and the next week is, you know, mm. just, uh, as we would say, on fire for the Lord. That person who was the good girl or good boy has never seen themselves as a sinner. Right, right, they don't right. see their sin as offensive as mm. these other yeah. sins. I thought that was really important for us, especially as far as spiritual depression, to really see our sin for what it is, mm-hmm. that all testimonies are glorious in the sense that all of us are undeserving. Right. And until a person truly sees the nature of their sin, they won't truly understand justification. Mm-hmm. I think that good girl or good boy who is saying, I wish I was that other sinner so I could have a kind of a spectacular testimony, right. when they do come face to face with, they, they could be a saved person, but they're not happy or they, they reside in this spiritual depression because they don't really understand what Christ has saved them from. Mm, right, right. Uh, you know, it makes me think about as, as we study the Word of God and, and as, I'll say for myself, as I get older uh, and in the faith uh, and I read the Word of God and I see how holy God is, I also cannot help but see how unholy I am. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about as well. They have not had an opportunity to come face-to-face with themselves, mm. you know, to come face-to-face with their own unrighteousness. Yeah. Uh, to whereas the person that was saved from the gutter knows very well where God has taken him from, taken him from the pit into a place of glory. Maybe, maybe too transparently I'll say I can remember a time in my life I may have not even truly been saved at this point where I thought to myself, you know, I can't really think of any sins I'm committing right now. (laughs) You know, I may have, you know, I don't know when I truly came to understand, but it it was even as I look back in my life, it was in those moments that I was acting in a very sinful way, doing things that I would just am thankful that Christ has forgiven me of, but it's like I was so out of touch with myself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. my sin. Um, And I think a conviction, a real conviction of sin, so an understanding of what Christ has done brings about that happiness that we seek. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times we don't, well, why wouldn't we feel that conviction of sin? A lot of times it's because we tend to classify certain sins. Right. And as long as we're not doing those certain sins, Mm -hmm. I mean, we would Mm -hmm. classify them, right? Mm -hmm. Murder, adultery, theft, uh, you know, drunkenness, right. immorality of any kind. I mean, kind of the super six or sure, whatever we would call sure. them. If I'm not doing those, then then I'm okay. We don't mm-hmm. we don't see that. What is it that the King James in in the Book of James says? The superfluity of naughtiness, yes. the very yes. residue of right. sin. Right. And he says something. I'm talking probably too much, but he says something that if we truly want to see our sins. And we've experienced this with people where sin mm-hmm. is always outside of ourselves. It's right. always someone else who's doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, 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 whatever it might be. Um, but the the way to understand a conviction of sin or to come to that is to stop looking at other people mm-hmm. and face mm-hmm. ourselves with the law of God. Right. right. The reason why I was chuckling as you were saying all of this is it, it just made me hearken back uh, to uh, the Sunday school lessons that we've been uh, doing uh, P 
Puritan uh, John Owen and the mortification of sin. And he's, he talks about that very thing to where uh, the believer may get to a place to where he thinks that he's mortified sin or that he's in a good place spiritually because sin appears to be sleeping at the moment, you know. And you find yourself saying, well, I'm doing pretty good here. I, 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 I don't think I'm sinning. Or, you know, I, I haven't sinned in a long time. When in reality, that sin has more or less taken a nap within you. But believe me, he's there, or it's there, if you will. And we are just as sinful as we've ever been. And just because it hasn't manifested itself into some major eruption or explosion of, of uh, uh, immorality does not mean that we're not still sinning. Hmm. Going back to that, yeah, absolutely. Going back to that testimony idea that Lloyd-Jones gives, I, you know, working with teens for many, many years, I can remember um, asking them to write a testimony or give a testimony and even as elders, we've heard people's testimonies, and often people will say, will start their testimony by saying something like, you know, I, I never was really involved in anything, but we, we still must come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter what we were or were not involved in, right. we were guilty. Right. And to, right. to have this claim, to say something like, well, I never really you know, thought of myself as, as too bad, or I never really thought mm-hmm. of myself as as that bad of a sinner is is opening the door to this spiritual depression right. because we are unaware of what justification really did mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that it declared us righteous in the in the um in the face of all that sin um so not only do we need to have this conviction of sin but also uh make sure we find the the solution is Christ alone mm. that was a big uh portion of the of the chapter two that that we find that the only way to forgive this or to have real absolution is to find our salvation in Christ. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, you say often, and and we've talked about this before, that sin will sin will either be pardoned or punished. punished right. Right. Yeah. Go ahead and speak on that for a little bit. What okay, What do we well, when we're saying uh, that? What do we mean? First, what we're saying is that all sin will be judged. There will be absolutely no sin that will fall through the crack. Even though you may have forgotten that sin eons ago, all sin will be will either be pardoned in the cross of Jesus Christ. And the Scripture says that if we confess our sins, that he would cleanse us from all sin. But the Scripture also says that he has cleansed Christians past, present, and future uh, of their sins. But for the unbeliever, unless he accepts Christ as Lord and Savior and is cleansed, then his sins will be punished in hell. So, again, either your sins will have been pardoned by Christ in the cross, or they will be punished in hell, but all sin will be judged. One final thing. We're down to our last couple of minutes here. But the, I guess the summary of what we're saying is, is that the foundation to be free from spiritual depression is a right understanding of sin, salvation, and the imputed righteousness of Christ. The fact that when we come to Christ, he now looks at us as if we own the righteousness of Christ. There's one aspect of coming to God and saying, you know, I'm... I'm not, I never really thought of myself as a sinner. 
But it's just as wrong to come and say, well, I could never be good enough. Yes. Did you catch that part? Right. Right. Why, why is that also an inappropriate response? I'm just not good enough. He could never save me or that type of attitude. Well, the first thing, you're, you're not acknowledging the fact that you could, never could really be good enough. But the, and the only way that you can be good enough is by the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. So again, to me, to say that I am just not good enough the focus is too much on you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that uh, Lloyd-Jones talks about this throughout the book, that that's one thing that has to change. The focus must be removed from you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. I'm finding that to be true in these first few chapters that we've read, is that spiritual depression is often the result of too much focus right. on self. Right. Whether exactly. it's you know something I've done in the past mm-hmm. or... Uh, you know, or being a good person or whatever. Right. I, I really, to say I'm not good enough is to deny what Christ has done right, for you. Right. We understand that none of us are good enough, mm-hmm. but for a person to say, well, I'm not worthy of that, or that's, again, mm-hmm. you're focusing on yourself sure. rather on the goodness of Christ. There's, there's nothing that you could have done. There's nowhere that you could have been um, you you could be guilty of the of the worst sins, but you're not hopelessly out of reach right. of the saving work of, of right. Christ. No one's out without uh, outside of the pale of God's grace. Yeah, he. I know we're going to talk about this in, in later lessons about how past sins can continue to cause depression. Um, and honestly, I think every Christian struggles with that. We, you and I, have even talked about that. Um, I think just to conclude, this, this little section is so good at the end of the chapter. Lloyd-Jones says this, Would you like to be rid of this spiritual depression? The first thing you have to do is say farewell now, once and forever, to your past. Mm-hmm. Realize it has been covered and blotted out in Christ. Never look back at your sins again. Say, it is finished. It is covered by the blood of Christ. Look to Jesus Christ. It is only then that true happiness and joy are possible for you. Amen. I think we're going we're gonna to end it here, but I think we've said a few things that could be helpful. I hope they were. Stop listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. Stop focusing on yourself. Amen. Focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never truly recognized yourself as a sinner and you've not truly realize what justification is that may be the cause of your spiritual depression that you just feel discouraged and hopeless because you don't understand what christ has done for you we would encourage you to reach out to us and and uh, by email or phone we would love to help in any way that we can any final words there derek we covered it pretty good yeah i think we covered it well well that's only (laughs) chapter two and again we this is why we decided to take one chapter at a time rather than combining two chapters because there's just too much in to talk about but Next time, we'll look at another subject. We hope you'll join us. Lord willing, we'll talk to you then.